Hello and welcome to Heart of Worship Church podcast. I'm Daniel Wright, pastor of Heart of Worship Church. This sermon, I'm talking about godly parents that are determined to demonstrate godly character in their lives that would influence their children. So this sermon is titled, Determined to Demonstrate. Well, uh, of course, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I mean that from the bottom of our heart because it is crucial. It is sure. Obviously, mothers are not at all excluded. They have a day we celebrate, but today we recognize fathers. And it is an unfortunate statistic that the households of today, compared to the 60s and 70s, were above 80% of fatherless homes. The government has now awarded single parents in that regard that's more incentivization now i don't want to go into that that's not my sermon but by golly we need godly men in this country hallelujah amen we do need godly men in the household everybody say just like his daddy daddy. Mm. and isn't that the truth that's why i tell people the point why does the bible give us that metaphor of being born again because there's a genetic transference of a divine nature from this in nature into his character the fruits of the holy spirit the evidence of us walking as sons and daughters of god is to be just like daddy isn't that wonderful you know people focus so much on the forgiveness of sin but whenever we become transformed by the renewing of our mind new creations old things passed away everything becoming new that tells us that we are just like daddy in the actions in other words not only the forgiveness of sin but the removal of sin Praise God. Amen. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read the first five verses beginning in verse 1 through verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. And I want to tell you guys as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. As we celebrate Father's Day today, we recognize, of course, number one, the need of good, godly fathers in the household that are going to be a godly influence. Unfortunately, in today's sinful, wretched, and cursed world, we have alcoholic, abusive fathers. We have fathers absent of the home. We have fathers addicted to pornography. We have fathers committing adultery. We have fathers in every facet of lasciviousness known to man. There are good godly fathers, but unfortunately, based on the statistic and prophetic word of the scripture, there's not many of them. The Bible very clearly says that in the last days, evil shall wax worse. And evil waxing worse a lot of times. In fact, even I watched a clip just yesterday. Barack Obama, in his election year of 2008, made a very bold statement of the problem. And even he called it a pandemic of fatherless homes. You are 80% more likely to end up in jail when you don't have a father in the home. That's the God's honest truth. Mothers are meant to nurture. Men are meant to discipline. They cross. Yes, they do. And but God has engraved. How many of you know there are differences between men and women? Amen. We need a mother just as much as we need a father. It is a handicap to have a single mother. It is also a handicap to have a single father household. 
It is God's design plan that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become. Say it again. One flesh. They are inseparable. Now, this is not a word of condemnation to those who are single parents. By golly, amen. Praise God, you got the Holy Ghost to help you out. But we need a godly household that produces the character of God in both the nurturing of a mother and the discipline of a father. Amen. Keep your kids out of jail. Amen. Amen. Well, that being said, a father, just like a mother, but today father, we're talking about, of course, so I just want to be careful not to offend the mothers in this house. Amen. But especially when it comes to the children that are so, so influenced by dad. Daddy likes to fix things. Daddy likes to go fishing. Daddy does this. Daddy does that. And daughter, son comes chirping along like the little chick. Daddy, can I help? Yes, son, come on. Hand me my tools. You know what I'm talking about. We're throwing the stereotypical daddy, son, daddy, daughters, and all the, the kids are going to participate in the activity of a father. And that dad instills wisdom into sons and daughters. Son, this is, let me teach you how to change your oil. Uh, daughter, let me teach you how to change your flat. Right? There's so much pressure in terms of being a father that there's a desire that, that, that they want to instill into children to say, I've invested so much into him and look at the final outcome. My son, my daughter, graduation. My son, my daughter, at, at, at their marriage. My son, my daughter becoming parents themselves and proud papa says, I'm grandpa now. There is a timeline of events of a father that it gives so much pressure for a father to instill into their children. Now, I say that because I, what I'm getting at is the pressure for a dad. In my case, I'll say dad was mi minimally athletic. He played football in high school. He knew a few things in mechanics. He taught me how to cut grass. He taught me how to change a tire, how to change the oil. And there's so many options that any dad in this room can fill in those blanks that I'm an expert in said something. I have a degree in uh, mechanical engineering or I can teach my son or daughter this. The Bible tells us, and if we have the 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, everybody shout amen. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, not with the excellency of speech or the wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined, everybody say determined, to not know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Fathers in this household, if you don't even know how to change the oil or you have problems changing a tire, praise God, do you know Jesus? I want to exhort the fathers in this house. You do not have to be the father, the most masculine, the strongest of the back and the ox of this and that and all of that. What you need to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The greatest thing any father can give unto the children is a man of integrity. Living and living the life of a born again Christian. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let me read to verse 5. It continues in verse 3 stating, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom or philosophies, but in demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. Demonstration of the Holy 
of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be should not stand in the wisdom of man but in the power of god let me say that again i didn't come to preach with you with enticing words of philosophies or sound like a most intellectual person on planet earth but i came to you in demonstration of the holy spirit and of power that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man but in the power of god amen if we are in Christ and we are in demonstration of that, that will tell our children that our faith should not be in intellectualism, but in the power of Almighty God. Amen. Now, the title of the message this morning I'm going to bring to you is called Determined to Demonstrate. Determined to Demonstrate. And that's why I'm, I had y'all echo that word. I have determined not to know anything else. Nothing else matters in this world because when you die on your deathbed, you're not going to wonder how many tires you change. You're not going to be wondering how many uh, cars you fixed, how many uh, Super Bowl games you watched or anything like that. When you were dying on your deathbed in your last breath, that is the last thing on your mind. The only thing on your mind in the last five breaths of oxygen is eternity. I work at a funeral home. I've been in ministry my whole life. I've worked as a chaplain for hospice. I was there with dying patients, dying and, di and who had passed. I have seen the faces of those that slipped out into eternity. My own grandfather I have seen. And when it comes to eternity, this world is cursed. There is nothing on this earth that matters more. Dads, fathers in this room, there is nothing more important than you to look square in the eyes of your children and say, you need to follow Jesus. Nothing else matters. For I have determined to know nothing else but Christ and him crucified. Church, we come once a week to Sunday mornings and we get filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? To be reminded of the eternal things. Because Monday through Saturday, it's so often we get distracted with the temporary things of our jobs and our wives and our lives and our things. So once we wrap back to the next Sunday morning, y'all come on this, y'all praising Jesus. And we start getting focused on eternal things. Amen. Y'all follow that? And that is what happens so strongly when you are literally laying in that bed and you are taking your last breath and your family is surrounding the hospice nurses filling out the paperwork. The only thing on your mind is eternity. And what's so crazy about that, we can actually get that revelation here and now. Remember that moment. We will all pass through a church or a parlor and you will be laid in a box and we will talk about your life. Don't make a liar out of them. I like to say that because I work in a funeral home. We've done many, many services. I've been there for uh, six years now. Don't make a liar out of them. Determine dads in this room to know nothing else except Christ and him crucified. Teach him to change the oil. Teach him to make a budget. Teach him to, to respect people, to walk in humility but before anything else. Determine to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he said, not only determined, but then in he said, I come in demonstration of, this, of the Spirit. He's saying it is actually more important. In other words, not only your confession. He said, I didn't come to sound very intellectual to you. I didn't come with these enticing words of wisdom. But I've come in the demonstration to say, I am demonstrating my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto, to, a, to God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. Hallelujah. That being said, pray with men for me. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is your word. It is not my own God. 
I pray, Lord, a blessing on the fathers in this house, Lord God, that there will be uh, godly husbands to the wives, that there will be shelters, nurturers, protectors, God, providers through your spirit and your spirit alone, God. God, we pray for our children, God, as parents in this room, Lord. We pray for them, God, that you would anoint them, equip them, fill them, call them out. While they are young, God, we will train them up in the way that they should go. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that all we have to know is you and you alone. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's children, shout. Amen. Amen. I love the Apostle Paul because he was a man of intellectualism. He was raised as a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said it. He was very educated. And in this point of, of the message, he is saying to the church of Corinth, there's nothing else that I can boast but in Christ and him crucified. There is nothing else. He is determined to know nothing else, and he is determined to demonstrate the power of God so that no one else would, be, would rely, and what is the word that he says there, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen? God still has the power. God never laid down his scepter and said, okay, well, now that you have my written word, I don't do deliverance or healing anymore. Amen? Nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say that he stopped doing those things. It is imperative that the power of God rest in your life because that is the evidence for your children to look at you and say, Daddy, I see what you're saying. I get it now. When I was a child, my father, every single morning, without fail, I would walk out of my bedroom and I would see him in the living room sitting on his recliner with his reading glasses and his Bible wide open. His devotions were... Very, very consistent. I do not remember a single morning when I woke up out of my bed and I walked out of my bedroom that I did not see my dad with that lamp on and him and his Bible open with his reading glasses on. I never saw him, that chair, empty in the morning. He was always there. Some of y'all in this room might say, well, I wish I had that. Be that. Be that. You may not have had that, but you can be that. So your children can then say, my daddy, without fail, walked with Jesus every morning. I had a godly example, and some of us in this room did not have that. Some of us in this room may not have that now. As children, speaking to them directly. But when you grow up, boys and girls, youth in this room, be determined to be the godly parent. Be determined to know only Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go with me to John, the book of John, the 8th chapter and the 31st verse. While you're going there, I'll have Heather pull up on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. I got a few verses that I would like to read without lengthy passage to bring out to you the reality of Jesus being the only. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, just pulling it up on the screen again. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 8. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, Heather, you have it? It says, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is, let's say that together, Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. If your foundation in your family, whether that be for marriage or children and raise it, the foundation is not first laid as Jesus Christ on sit on everything else. It is a house built on sand and it is destined and it will fail. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 11, Heather, pull it up on the screen. Acts chapter 4, verse 11. 
It says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is nothing in this world that is more important than salvation through Jesus Christ because hell is real and eternity is a long time. Isaiah chapter 43, Heather, if you'd like to go there. Actually, I'm asking you to go there, of course. I don't give you an option, right? Isaiah 43, verse 10. Isaiah 43, verse 10. We're going to go to John chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, keep your finger there. John chapter 8, verse 31. But let's go on the screen. Isaiah 43, verse 10. Tell me when you have it, sis. It says, You are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe in me and understand that I am he before there before me there is no God neither shall there be after me I even I am the Lord and besides me there is no Savior and now I'm reading all these things and for many of us in this room of course these theologians that are heart of worship church bread y'all know this this is Sunday school Christianity 101 right but it is to re-emphasize and remind moms and dads, especially fathers that need to be godly, not just in the home, but present in your presence, in the presence of God, as godly influencing the children, that Jesus Christ is literally the only thing that you really have to worry about. Let me tell you, church, someone like me, who's still, aside from a spiritual parent, I don't have a biological son. My nephew, Josh, our nephew, Josh, is living with us. He is that son for me right now but biologically speaking we have no children now i'm saying that because when i do i want it's a relief to me because i'm not a mechanic i'm not ashamed to tell you that the most i could do is change the tire i've heard of an alternator and a few things i stand before you wretched undone when it comes to the car it goes in the shop okay some of y'all men in this room ain't got a problem just pop the hood and you'll figure it out Amen. Everybody's got something. I don't have much. But what I do have is Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. If anything, I'm relieved, Brother Myers. I'm relieved because that's what I have is Jesus. I could be like uh, Brother Swagger back in the day anointed his car in the name of Jesus. Heal my car. And that's a true testimony. It was started to work. Praise God. He is your mechanic. Jesus is all you ever need because let me tell you, if he can drop manna from heaven, if he can bring water out of a rock, he can fix your car too. Amen. I got Jesus. So he's all I ever need. Whoo, man. So again, moms and dads in this room, remember, you don't have to be an expert at everything. One thing you have to be an expert is as a godly influence because he wants to be like. John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, you have your Bibles, John chapter 8, verse 31, then Jesus said to the Jews, which believed on him, praise God, these are the believers, these are the ones, he's talking to those who are written out, how many of y'all know that Jesus didn't have all believers, amen? How many of y'all know that in the scripture that there were naysayers and opposers of his doctrine came against him, especially those of the religious sect of the day, Pharisees, Sadducees. He is now talking, it says who? Which believed on him. What did he say? If you continue in my word, 
Then, everybody said then. You are my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. He's talking to those that believed on him. If you don't quit, he says, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him. We be of Abraham's seeds. We've never been in bondage to any man. How sayest thou that we be made free? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Here we go, church. I heard this preached so many times, and I'll tell you what. If you're full of the Holy Ghost and you know Jesus and you're one of those what I call Jesus freaks, when you say this verse, it's going to be hard not to get a little, hmm. I said, hmm. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. When the Holy Ghost comes in, he doesn't just sweep the floor in one room. He goes throughout the whole house, and he scrapes the floor, and he polishes the floor. When Jesus does the renovation, it's not done at 50%, okay? He does a 1,000%. Jesus comes in and crashes through all the walls and cleanses the whole house. Amen? I've seen people that have had that experience and they have been radically saved that when they come with tears of repentance from this altar and they're just like, oh, I love Jesus. Their face is glowing. Everything about them has changed radically. The reason I'm bringing that out is because we need to allow ourselves that daddy God to make us free, to be that influence to our children. Brother Corey, can I, can I use you real quick? Because I love you. What a testimony. Daddy, on Daddy's that Father's Day, now with children, family restored, okay? Come on, somebody. I, you know what? I don't care how old your testimony is. Everyone in this room, if I know your testimony, I still get excited when I think about the miracle twins back there. Come on, somebody. Sister Rachel, when all was impossible, God gave her a double portion. She wasn't going to get pregnant for nothing. It was almost impossible. There was no question. She could not have kids. God says, I'm going to give her a double portion. She got twins. Come on, somebody. Yes, give them praise. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm going to repeat the title, Determined to Demonstrate. Daddies, you need to be determined to be an influence to your sons and your daughters. Daddies in this house, you need to be determined to demonstrate the godly character. Come on, somebody. Nothing wrong with LSU or Saints. I, like, I, I do enjoy to watch some football. I can't play to save my life, but that's another thing I'm handicapped in. But praise God, I got Jesus. Right? Come on, somebody. Yes, but daddies in this house, you need to be free and free indeed. Let him cleanse you. And lastly, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And I'm going to read through verse 3. So that would be Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Mm. Mm. As you're turning there in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I'm going to tell you, Heather and I were blessed to be raised in a godly household. And I, as I mentioned before, my daddy was one that would give and instill so much wisdom. I, I look at my daddy, I look up to him. I'm going to say this, if you were here for Sunday school, 
Let me say this. Pastor Glenn, his daddy, picture right there, Reverend Lord Mayu. Whether you knew him or not, I'm going to tell you about him. He was a godly man. The way that Pastor Glenn could talk about Reverend Lord Mayu is the same way I could talk about my daddy. And that's a blessing. And I know I said this before, but church, I'm going to say it again. It is time to raise up godly fathers who can raise up godly children. Mm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are so compassed about, so great with a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and let's read this together, and the sin which so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. He started it and he finishes it of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be worried and faint in your minds. That last verse is great because it said, remember Jesus. It says literally right there, consider him that it endured the, the, the contradiction of sinners against him so you will not be wearied in your minds. That Look at Jesus, what he said. He endured the cross, endured the worst possible death sentence, even by today's standards. And for, for the record, just to go, let me just go ahead and throw that really quick about the cross. It says he endured the cross. In, the, in Roman uh, uh, culture, when crucifixion was introduced, it was introduced with the intention for the punishment of the prisoner to endure the maximum amount of pain for the longest possible time. People get their heads cut off. It's quick, sharp, gone. That was not the intention of the crucifixion. Yes, people were crucified before Jesus. But what Christ endured at the beating of, uh, right after his trial, it was a miracle that he survived to make it to Calvary before he was even nailed to the cross. Amen. Now, I want to say this again. Listen, I'm telling you to remember Jesus so you will not be wearied in your mind, so you will not faint, so you will be encouraged to say Jesus did it. And if he is in you, then why can't you? That's revelation. Come on, somebody. If Jesus is in you, and that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, brought him to the cross, helped him endure. You can endure mom. You can endure dad. It's not going to be easy, church. That's what I'm saying. But back to the point of that, that crucifixion was intended to inflict the maximum amount of pain for the longest amount of time. He endured six hours of affliction on that cross. That's actually kind of a failure in the Romans' mind because most people, when they're crucified, they lasted on that cross for days. Asphyxiation is what eventually kills them because you have to, to push yourselves up from the nails to breathe so your chest cavity can, can open up and your lungs can expand and have the breath to breathe. It is painful to push the bones that are resting on that nail to help you breathe. Every breath is with excruciating amount of pain. Eventually, you get tired of the pain, so eventually you suffocate and die. That's how a cross works. In six years, excuse me, in six hours, <laughs> mm. it's amazing. But church, now that I'm thinking about it, I've heard it said this in Bible college, and I love this. In six days, 
God formed creation and in only six hours he redeemed it. He rested on the seventh. In six days he formed creation. And in only six hours he redeemed it. That's true. Well, 4,000. We're, we're 6,000 now. That was 2,000 years ago. But he bore it. All of it, yeah. Well, that's true. All of sin, past, present, and future. You're right. Amen. Hallelujah. So considering Jesus that endured the cross, it says despising the shame. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing this out, and this is uh, this really is, and I'm going to say most of y'all who know me, I'm not trying to produce a sermon based on the holiday because I just want God's word. Amen. So, but today, we're t- this is that day. And now, daddies, listen to me. It's going to be hard. The kids don't always listen to you. My daddy, when it came to discipline, he always tells me, he would even tell me, I, I cannot discipline you out of anger. I need to discipline you out of wisdom. There was only one time my daddy snapped in emotion, <laughs> grabbed me by the shoulders and pinned me up against the truck. And as soon as it happened, he realized what he did, and he let go, and he started to cry. It's not easy to be a daddy. I'm not even one, and the spiritual is strong. It's hard enough. There's a lot of weight on a father to come home and bring the meat. I got the bills paid, baby girl. It's hard, but it's worth it. I say, daddies, look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, that thy will be done. God has given men genetically ingrained to have grit and endurance. But I'm trying to take that mindset of the determination to be demonstrative of the power of God in your life to remind your kids it's not man's wisdom. It's not universities that's going to save you with your degree. It's in the power of God. So if your children graduate high school and they don't go to LC or they don't go to LSU or LSUA, let me tell you, church, are they full of the Holy Ghost? You were successful. Congratulations, Dad. The ways of the world are encouraging our youth to strive to a greater, higher education, which unfortunately today, you ask me, I'll be blunt, it's worthless. It's junk. It's actually regression, if you ask me. Unless you're going to go to be a doctor or a lawyer, I think a degree in gender studies will just send you straight to hell. I'm going to say that again. A degree in gender studies will probably just send you straight to hell because... This universities, these campuses are full of doctrines of demons. Be very careful if that's where your children are headed. I would advise against it. And the reason I say I've determined to know nothing else but Christ and him crucified. Remember, one day you're going to take your last breath and you're not going to be worried whether you graduated LSUA, whether you ended up being a doctor. You're not going to be worried about nothing else. But in that moment, am I going to heaven? Because that moment you close your eyes, you're going to wake up. It's either going to be dark or it's going to be light. Determined to know nothing else, dads. 
your children desperately need you to demonstrate the power of God. No, nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.